Hello guys, this is John Tehani Ball and this is the Beyond Domination Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. John Tehani Ball. A while back I read a book titled Overachievement by John Elliott and it had me or made me rethink the way I viewed stress. Because for years everyone, the media, everywhere you read anything about stress, we hear that it's bad for you. Stress is what gives you gray hair. Stress is what makes your hair fall out. Stress is probably leading to a lot of diseases resulting in mental illness, uh, cardiovascular disease. We've heard all of these things and although it's hard to really find literature with definitive proof one way or the other, it is generally accepted by society that stress is a bad thing. But in this book, John Elliott actually advocates or or argues for the opposite, that that stress is a good thing. And I've come to agree. So this is is now your opportunity to sort of make up your own mind whether stress is a good or a bad thing. But uh, like uh, one of my consultants used to say, it really depends. And uh, I guess that's always a good answer. It's all about how you look at things. Um, So, let's start off with uh, a little story that um, John Elliott actually describes in the book um, about Bill Russell. Bill Russell is considered probably one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And he played for the Boston Celtics in the 1950s and 60s. Um, So, Bill Russell had this sort of pre-game ritual. We, We can call it a ritual, I guess where he would walk into the locker room, um, he would start feeling the pressure of this upcoming game and will have a need to, to run to the toilet and vomit his guts out. And this happened game in and game out, um, you know, throughout his entire career until one day in, ni- in the 1963 season that he just all of a sudden realized he didn't feel the pressure anymore. He didn't feel that need to go and vomit. So obviously all the guys in the locker room cheered and thought this is, you know, this is awesome, found it really funny. Finally, the great Bill Russell isn't nervous anymore. But the problem was with the pressure being gone, all of a sudden he he found that he didn't perform at the same level. They started losing games. And um, this continued on throughout the entire season. Fortunately for him and for the Boston Celtics, the team was so good and so great that they still managed to get to the playoffs. Um, but going into, into the locker room, um, leading up to, to game one of the playoffs, he, of basically of a seven, you know, seven games uh, championship season, he walked into the locker room. Well, on his way into the locker room, you know, the fans were going crazy, uh, the, the atmosphere was electrifying, and all of a sudden he felt the pressure again. And he ran to the bathroom, he vomited again, and he basically came out shouting out of a, out of a toilet, um, or out of a, out of a stall, not out of a toilet itself, but he came out shouting that we're going to win, we're going to win. Because he realized finally that he needed the pressure to be able to perform at his best. And that is basically what John Elliott advocates. He says that pressure drives performance. Now, 
thinking back to my own life, um, I grew up in Secunda, which is a relatively small town. Uh, for you guys that don't know where it is or don't know anything about Secunda, it's where the Sassel factory is located. And my dad obviously worked at Sassel, and I grew up in this town. It's a small town. Um, I always loved sport. That's basically the only thing to do there. There's nothing else. And um, obviously, being a South African, Afrikaans guy, there's only two real sports that matter. It's rugby and cricket. And cricket was really my, my, my first love. Um, but subsequently, I took up other sports as well. I played tennis, hockey. I did some long distance running, including cross country as well as you know athletic middle distance running. And in my stand five year, I was already running nationals uh, at that stage. So I was I was good for my age. I was doing really well. And as you start getting better, though, something funny started happening. When beginning, I was just running for myself. All of a sudden, now as a a kid in standard five, as being being a kind of popular kid in my little school, being a big fish in this little pond, being the head boy, there was an expectation around my performances. People expected me to, to run well. So going or leading up to the, to the race on race day, actually even the night before, I would have trouble sleeping. The pressure would be so great. That morning of a race, I would feel sick to my stomach the whole day. I would not be able to concentrate in class. I would literally feel my heart racing for the whole day. And I actually felt terrible. But my performances were really great. However, my problem was I started viewing this, this pressure that I felt before the game in a negative context. I didn't enjoy this feeling. At the end of my standard five year, I tore a groin muscle and I was out of running for, I think a little bit more than six months. After the six months have passed and I was, uh, and I have recovered from this injury, I just never went back to running and it wasn't because I didn't enjoy running. I actually love running. I still love running um, and pretty much any kind of sport for that matter. But... I did not enjoy the pressure and I feared that if I return and start running well again, that um, the pressure will return. So I did run, I still did a little bit of cross country and whatever, but I just sort of, I actually loved, I never put in big effort into it because I didn't want to perform at a high level. Now years later, I realized that this, this kind of pressure it appears everywhere. It's not just in running. It's not just in sport. You find it when you're busy preparing for exams. You find it when you're leading up to, to an interview. You feel it sometimes when approaching a beautiful woman. You feel pressure whenever you feel like something has value and that this moment could have a drastic impact on your life. So pressure is always there. The big difference, however as is explained in this book is that there's a difference between anxiety and pressure as well as a difference between nervousness and worry and i think that's what we need to understand is pressure is just this feeling that 
the, that the situation has weight, that there's importance to it. And that's a good thing because that triggers the sympathetic response in our body. It brings about a physiological change that optimizes us for performance. But if we interpret this feeling of pressure in a negative way as anxiety or as worry, um, it tends to lead to the wrong sort of application of a sympathetic response that we receive. We end up heading, if we want to call it in layman's terms, the fight and flight response, we end up with a flight. We end up feeling fear and we end up using the sympathetic response in the wrong way by running away, by performing badly because we actually interpreted this response in a negative context. But if instead we see this as our body doing everything it can to optimize us for the ultimate performance that we as an individual can deliver, then we should feel excited because when the pressure is on, that's when we're actually capable of, of doing miraculous things, of doing things that we otherwise probably wouldn't be able to achieve. Just like Bill Russell, who almost turned into a normal, ordinary human being when he didn't feel pressure. That's, that's what we are like every day of the year. We should be relishing the opportunity to perform at our highest levels, to, to be in the limelight, under the spotlight, in high pressure situations, because that's the opportunity. That's our chance to really perform at our optimal levels and see where our limits lie. Because if we're not pushing those boundaries, we don't really know where our boundaries are, where our limits are. So after reading this book and really sort of recalibrating my perception on on stress, on pressure, and how I view all these things, I've come to realize that when I start feeling a little bit of pressure, if I can start feeling that tension inside of me about whatever, any situation or event heading my way, that's when I know I'm doing the right things in my life. If I'm not feeling pressure on a relatively regular basis, I'm probably sitting smack bang in the middle of a comfort zone. I'm probably cruising through life. And the problem is when you're stuck in the comfort zone, when you're stuck in this kind of rut, you usually don't move anywhere. You're just literally stuck. You're not going to be achieving great things. You're not going to have a life of meaning and purpose because you're doing average things, everyday things. Um, unfortunately, if we want to have a life that is extraordinary, we need to, like extraordinary performers, end up putting ourselves on purpose. And this is really, really for me, the critical, critical concept is we need to put ourselves on purpose in high pressure situations. It can't be something that just comes by by chance. Because if it just comes by by chance, it's going to happen very infrequently. We're going to have to have luck in life to get anywhere. If we really want to have a life of significance, a life that's extraordinary, we need to go and create these situations. We need to go pursue high pressure things, high value things, and realize that with pursuing high value or high, highly significant things, there's going to come pressure with it. And that's a good thing. That is a good thing because that's priming ourselves for performance. But we need to view it in the right light. We need to know it's coming. 
We need to know what to expect. We all know what a sympathetic response is like. And we need to know that it is actually a good thing because it optimizes our cell or, or our physiology is being optimized for high performance. Now, I know some of you are going to be thinking and probably end up asking me about this. So I might as well just, you know, jump the gun and get to it already. So where does mindfulness and meditation and all these kind of things fit into high performance? Because we, we see it everywhere these days that um, we see athletes sitting you know, next to, to the playing field, eyes closed, all sort of zen-like. Um, we hear sports psychologists talk about it sometimes. Um, so obviously there has to be some truth to it, you would think. And um, my view on this is absolutely, absolutely this, that... Um, Mindfulness and meditation, as it applies to high performance, um, its main role, its primary function would be to help us to control our thoughts, to be able to direct attention and drive focus. Because like we already said, um, when the sympathetic response um, is activated in our bodies, you can either go... Um, into sort of a fight mode or optimal performance mode or you can actually all this energy and everything that's flowing through you can actually force you or result in you falling apart and we've all experienced both sides of us we've all had moments where we felt the sympathetic response coming on this pressure and we end up choking we end up falling apart but um, meditation and mindfulness can give us the ability to drive our focus and our attention um, into the direction we want so that we're focused on the right target and that we ensure that our sympathetic response actually drives towards focus and towards optimal performance rather than choking so that we actually end up being clutch performers. So that's the way mindfulness ties into this and mindfulness can actually benefit you even more or meditation or whatever you want to sort of call it or think or, or sort of think how you want to think about it doesn't really matter but the point being is it's a way of learning how to control your thoughts so it isn't chaotic running while thinking negative things during this sort of high pressure situation sympathetic response period but that you rather drive at focus into the moment into the present moment so that you can be present you can be focused on what you should be doing while you're feeling the sympathetic response um, because the last thing you need when you're in a high pressure situation is your mind going all over the place thinking about everything that can go wrong worrying about results and everything else you should be in the moment focused on what you should be doing on the task you need to complete on on actual performance not about thinking about outcomes thinking about all the potential you know fallouts if you perform badly i mean think about talking on stage to a thousand people or something if you start worrying about what people think about you in the crowd there's no way you're going to have a good speech it's just not the way things work if you're going to have a good speech, you have to be present, you need to be grounded, and you need to be actually 
thinking about your deliver or not actually thinking at all. You should just be delivering your your speech, and that's really where mindfulness, meditation, and all those things tie into high performance. So I think heading into this um, upcoming week, let's ask ourselves how many precious situations or genuine precious situations and how much of it is anxiety because we're just uh, you know interpreting life wrong taking things too seriously because remember at the end of the day we only live once life is supposed to be enjoyed um, it is a game in if we just view it in the right context it is a game it's supposed to be fun um, but let's just look at what is genuine anxiety and what is pressure first of all and second of all are we creating our own pressure in our lives? Because it's like being in the gym. It's like exercising. If there's no tension on a muscle, there's going to be no growth. So we need to create tension in our own lives. We need to go and sit back and say, where are we getting stuck in the comfort zone? And where can we sort of disrupt ourselves a little bit? It's not always about doing massive things. I mean, uh, you can't expect if you're constantly just uh, living a life of comfort to now go and do something absolutely insane like uh, uh, climbing on a boat and sailing around the world. That might be too big a first step for you. But maybe just signing up for a committee at the hospital or uh, taking on a extra project here or there or maybe going to talk to that beautiful girl you saw um, you know, at the mall uh, that you usually wouldn't do or just taking a different route home. It could be something small, but you need to start disrupting your comfort zone, start getting used to um, having pressure in your life, seeing it as a good thing and actually relishing the pressure and relishing the discomfort. So guys, this is it for this week. Um, I have some really cool stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. I've got some interviews with some really cool people. Um, so stay tuned. Um, look out for it. It's going to be awesome. And then, of course, until next time, keep dominating. Keep pushing the bounds of what is possible. Because at the end of the day, if you want to have a great life, you need to go and take it. You have to create it. It's not something that's just going to fall in your lap.